Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Welcome back, folks. It's your host, Jeff Shugarts, and this is the Stash It or Pass It podcast, where your weekly report for everything crypto, cannabis, and culture, crypto being our weather report, cannabis, our traffic report, and the anything goes culture report. Thanks again for being here with us, folks. we got an incredible show, and I'm excited to uh, bring it to everyone. First up in the Mindful Minute, we hear about intentionality. We learn about some tools we can use to come back to balance, all about taking that first step and impacting what we can control. Next up in the Weather Report, we talk with Brian Harrington. He's head of product and marketing at Choice Kingdom Trust. We talk about self-directed IRAs, Bitcoin IRAs. Bitcoin education, adoption strategy, security, and a little bit about what's going on in politics. After that, we have a fireside chat with our man Stash Adams and hear about his quarantini. And as always, we touch on a little bit about mental health. It's very important to us. And we talk about next phases in life and how we're going to go about those with lessons that we have learned through our experiences in the past. After that, we got the traffic report. I sit down with my man, Dr. B. We have some great conversations about celebrities and their cannabis brands, how cannabis was portrayed in the late two, or in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, and to where we're at now. And uh, he uh, updates us on some projects that we have going on in the traffic report as well. So again, folks, thanks for being here with us. It's going to be a great show. As always, please remember to check out those show notes. We got some great referral links like we talked about last week, the Fold Bitcoin reward app. Every time you spend, every time you spend cash, you get cash rewards back in Bitcoin. So it's literally free Bitcoin for spending cash you are already going to spend. We got the referral link for Invest Voyager. First $100 spent, you get $25 of free Bitcoin. You start up 25% it's a great deal. I love using the app. We got a couple other cool referral links in there as well. Coinbase, Strike, Binance, Binance.us. We'll have some uh, Choice Kingdom Trust in there as well. I'll have all Brian Harrington's links to his YouTube channel. And uh, we'll have our strains of the, the Leafly strains of the week as well. But without further ado, folks, let's get to our bread and butter and enjoy the ride. Stash it. And it's that time of the week, my favorite, and that's a mindful minute with my man, Stash Adams. All right, y'all, back at you with another one of these mindful minutes. This week, our mindful minute is brought to you by intentionality. So, um, you know, being that I've been in quarantine for the last week or so, week and a half or so, um, it's given me a lot of time to think, kind of reflect back. Um, all those types of things. And I was thinking about just being intentional with everything you do. I was in a yoga teacher training um, last year and my teachers, uh, you know, they, they spoke about as a teacher doing everything you do in that room with intentionality, where you walk, where, who you're speaking to, like when you look at a person, uh, how you look at them and all of those types of things, just doing everything with intention. Um, and, you know, they obviously that goes on to transfer into pretty much everything in life, whether it's the way that you um, you love your people, you know, the way that you uh, the way that you go about your day, the way they say the way that you do 
something is the way you do anything or the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So um, I guess just kind of building intention in all of your daily habits, um, you know, from what you eat to what you listen to, uh, to what you look at when you scroll, um, you know, I guess we kind of take for granted or not really for granted, but just kind of don't take it as serious as we should, just how much impact the things that we look at when we're scrolling, what they really have on our lives. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of just the same thing as the people that you associate with, you know, right. all these things that you let into your life are going to shape you and make you who you are. You know, it's that, it's that same thing they say, if you hang out with, like we said last week, I think if you hang out with, you know, four low lives and, you're going to be the fifth before right. long, you know, or if you hang out with four really good folks, you'll be the fifth before long, just stick around, you know? Um, right. But I'd say just, you know, building intention in your daily habits, you know, what you do as soon as you wake up, uh, you know, maybe keeping your phone on the other side of the room. So you have to get out of bed to go get it. Right. Um, you know, something like that. Um, maybe a gratitude journal. I was always a big fan of the, uh, the what's it called? The, the five minute journal and it's basically a daily gratitude journal you wake up it's got some a, a good little quote a little inspiration for you and then you write three things that would make your day great three things you're grateful for and then you write an affirmation for yourself and then you do Love that the three the three again before bed um so you know it's just little little things in your tool belt that you can have to you know start your day off with a positive note and to kind of build those positive intentions into the way you do everything. Right. Yeah. I mean, that reminds me just uh, even growing up, you know, cause this is a journey. It's a, it's a healing journey. It's a getting to, to know yourself journey, relearning things about the world, how you look at the world, see the world, you know, through your own experiences, through, you know, other people seeing yourself in other people or, you know, trying to really like grasp and feel their experiences or really hear them. And, you know, that being said, you know, there's definitely been times in my life when I felt so alone, so out of control. You I mean, it goes back to even being a kid, like I would punch shit. And I realize now when I reflect, I wasn't actually punching stuff to break it. I was punching it to like, look at blood spill out of my knuckles and shit, you know? So, and in those moments, it's like, I probably felt so out of control. That was the only thing I could control. And, you know, so as I got older, I, my dad actually ironically used to always say impact what you can control. And, you know, now that I'm like much more aware of my habits, my thoughts, you know, what, what I'm putting into my body, like what I'm putting into my mind, like I can even have awareness to like what kind of lens, like I'm looking through at the time or like how I'm perceiving the world based on like what's going on, like with me emotionally, or even like maybe based on like how I've been eating the last week or if I've been drinking a lot. And so, uh, you know, recently you know, now that I have this awareness, I've been able to notice when bad habits are starting to form based off of if I am feeling really stressed out, or there's a lot of things going on, because, you know, it, it's fun to go out with friends and party and, you know, express yourself and do fun things. But sometimes when you can get into a cycle or a loop, I mean, I'm sure everybody has been there once or twice in their lives. But, you know, I used to go there a lot. And you could go out, everybody would think you're the happiest guy, have the wildest time and have all the friends in the world but i mean you could go home and you know you're at the bottom yeah. of that bottle and you're you're just you're the loneliest person in the whole world and just you know, some, to show you it's not really about what everybody else thinks it's about how you feel right it's Absolutely. about what's real like who cares what everybody else thinks about you if you don't fucking think anything about yourself 
Absolutely. And that's like, I mean, one thing I just wanted to say too, it's like, when we talk about this stuff, we're not trying to like toot our own horns or we're not trying to, uh, you know, be something, you know, that we're not talked down or talk from a pedestal. It's more talking. Yeah, we're from, not perfect guys at all. <laughs> right. mean, like we both fuck up regularly. You right. know what I mean? We both made huge right. mistakes. Still do. And, and that's like, uh, you know, why we talk a lot about, uh, you know, mental health and getting more into different tools you can use. Cause we've had friends, family members, you know, do some bad things, you know, take their lives and, you know, maybe end up in jail or abusing drugs, alcohol, different things like that. So just wanted to highlight that some today. And, you know, for example, like what Mike was saying, intentionality and like what I'm saying, impact where you can control. And that's, you know, you can feel really alone sometimes and out of control. So start small. I mean, and that can be and celebrate those small wins. Like sometimes I have a lot of trouble with anxiety and sleeping and getting too stressed out. And it's like, I've never eliminated caffeine completely from my diet and it's, you know, hard to do it cold Turkey, but you know, over the last two weeks I've eliminated about 95% and I can't tell you how good I feel, you know, as far as just unwanted nervousness or little thoughts that might creep in your head that make you like scared of something sometimes. Like, I mean, I'm just becoming so much more aware of these things. Like my dreams are better. I'm waking up like just much more relaxed and, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's an incredible thing. And then same thing with drinking, you know, I, uh, obviously I love a good time. I mean, anyone that's listening to this, that knows me knows that, but, uh, same thing where I was starting to notice how, you know, I wasn't having fun when I was drinking and then it was becoming like this weird habit. And it's like, Oh, you had to have a couple of drinks every time you went out, no matter what. And it wasn't like, I wasn't enjoying it as much. So it's like little things like that. I just took control of it. And it's like, here we are. It's been, I can't tell you the last time I've gone a month without drinking. And it's like, and I feel great. And it's like, I'm not saying I'm going to not drink forever or, Hey, you should, you should stop drinking if you want to feel good. But it's like, you know, take some, take, take, pick something and then, you know, just build it and celebrate it. And I, I could tell you the exact amount of days because I love fucking drinking beer, you know, but yeah. it's also feels good to not be, you know, a slave to your habit. And, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said for that in this, uh, I think with some of the, you know, treat yourself culture and things like that. Um, And part of that, you know, again, it's everyone's journey and, you know, getting older and stuff. But I think there's a lot to be said. uh, Yeah, dude. As far as taking care of yourself. See what what things hold power in your life. You know what I mean? If you go to Starbucks every day, try not to go to Starbucks for a week. Right. You know, if you you come home and drink every day, try not to have a drink for a week. Smoke goobs every day, try not to smoke goobs for a week. I'll right. tell you what, I quit smoking weed for like six, seven, eight months this past year, this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was one of those things that like I had been used to like stopping smoking once a year, pretty much right. to pass the NFL drug test, you know, so you'd right. stop smoking for a couple months and then that was it. Um, and then since being retired, I hadn't really had to take a tolerance break or anything like that. So I was like, well, you know, I, I, had a buddy challenge me and I was like, well, all right. So I quit smoking for like right. eight months and it was really nice to have like moments of clarity um, about the whole situation. You just kind of like, you just kind of see things through a different lens when you have to like, cause for me, you know, smoking is like a big thing with anxiety and physical pain and, right. uh, and insomnia uh, from PTSD and things mm-hmm. like that. So to be able to take a step back and look at things from a different lens. It also helped me to 
better appreciate my relationship with cannabis and not really take it for take it uh, for granted as much Um, because I'm a guy who, uh, you know, from PTSD to depression, anxiety, um, you know, I've been medicated for all of them, uh, you know, and I've, you know, been on a strict regimen where I try to just follow that for months. Mm-hmm. And then I've also, um, you know, been where I, I just use cannabis. Right. And I tell you, like, meds are all good for a little bit, but like you start feeling like you're not yourself. I mean, I do. I start feeling like I'm not myself. I start feeling like in a haze, like in a fog. And um, it's not something that I could do long term or that I'd want to do long term. Um, but with cannabis, um, I think the big thing is finding your like what works for you. Right. So, absolutely. Mean, I don't want to be a person who just like is just up getting fried all day long. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but I definitely, you know, like to have my dudes midday and in the evening for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a big thing for me was just trying to like not wake up and smoke. You right. know what I mean? Like right. wake up and go do something, wake up and like, right. uh, you know, be mindful about it and get out of the house, you know, go Absolutely. work out first, go take a class. And, um, yeah, you know, use my physical practice in the morning to get my body going, you know, because I wake up and I'm sore as hell every day for no reason. Uh, right. You know, well, there's a reason. There's a reason. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a reason. But right. uh, it's what happens when you don't have cartilage in your joints anymore. Right. Um, You're you 350 know, so. pounds moving grown men around and choke slam them for a living, man. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shit's weird. But, uh, oh, but yeah, so, you know, just being able to, have different tools in the tool belt so you don't always have to rely on one um you know to to be your end all be all you know right because that's the thing too i mean that one thing can turn into you know from a good tool to a crutch to like maybe a bad thing you know and that's that's another thing you got to be mindful of and look out for so you know again everyone we wanted to uh get into this talk a little bit because uh it means a lot to uh mike and myself so Thanks. Uh, thanks for being here with us. And uh, that's another mindful 20 minute with my man. Stash <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome back, folks. Here we are sitting down with Brian Harrington from Choice Kingdom Trust. And uh, this is our weekly weather report. Brian, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing, my friend? Love it, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm watching YouTube every day. So always a blessing to just be here, like talking to everyone else uh, that just like me, you know, uses it for their, their TV and stay informed. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had talked to people uh, earlier on the show last week about you coming on and uh, talking about, um, you know, who you are as a Bitcoiner here in your Bitcoin story. You know, I know you have a great YouTube channel where you share a lot of knowledge and education that, you know, is free for the people. I know, um, you know, I've viewed it. Um, it's, it's really good. Very similar to Marcus, who we had on the show. But uh, before we get into choice and kingdom trust, I'd love to hear uh, just your Bitcoin story, how you got into it. And, uh, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, no, perfect. Um, so I, I have one email from my dad in 2014 that says the word Bitcoin in it. So that's as far back as I can just find out that I got hit in the face with the first time. Um, 
But then just opened a Coinbase account in 2015 and my dad and I flipped our ref links to each other and I bought in, you know, with my 50 bucks that I had. And that's really where it started. So um, that's where it started as far as buying Bitcoin for the first time. But as far as where it started, really me switching my unit of account and just really becoming a Bitcoiner, it happened in just kind of like 16, 17, 18, 19, it just kept ramping up, kept ramping up because at the time I was working freelance for a lot of political campaigns. I've always just been kind of like this marketing business development, you know, grassroots guy, just trying to spread different messages and ideas and get people together. Um, but so when I was working on those campaigns, I would have two and three months off at a time. And so when my like wife would be at work, like I would be at home watching YouTube and taking myself to school on how to how to learn Bitcoin. And so that's when I read the Bitcoin standard for the first time. And that's when I really kind of, you know, did the altcoin thing, consolidated the altcoin thing, you know, taught myself how to like mine Monero just on a computer that I had and just really, really just like learned everything, learned everything, learned it and got it. And then in 2019 is when I first met Bitcoiners in person for the first time. So Stephen Cole started the Orange County Bitcoin Network where I live uh, here in Anaheim, Orange County, California. And there was only seven of us that very first day, but ever since then, since like May of 2019, I've like talked in person with Bitcoiners that live around me like every single week and almost, almost daily, like where I live. And so the last 19 to now has really ramped up just my involvement and grassroots support and just, just knowledge. And so last year I, I learned a lot just on running like samurai whirlpool you know deploying btc pay server for the first time um i like was pretty like on it when strike app came out to just like kind of seeing how good of a tool that was and just kind of every nook and cranny i've really tried to like get better at just open dimes cold cards lightning and liquid so I, I really ramped up a lot of that last year and that kind of um yeah that led me to where i am now but yeah that's how I, that's how i got in it's really cool to hear. I mean, going back uh, to 2015 and now looking where we are six years later, it's pretty incredible. I mean, you are, you know, now, you know, head of a product and marketing for, you know, a Bitcoin company, you know, pushing mm -hmm. a new, you know, a new story, a new way to invest and save money. Um, really cool. I think it's really inspiring and excited to see how it all grows. Um, I thought it was interesting to hear how you said when you uh, first found that email, Bitcoin, first time you mm -hmm. got hit in the face, you know, I know we had uh, talking before the show a little bit. I uh, first found out about it at a, a music festival and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how the Silk Road worked, different things like that. And that's how I slowly started to get into it. And then, uh, you know, like here on the show, we have Austin, our, uh, you know, our weatherman that also contributes. And uh, he, uh, you know, he was a trader, got really into it. And then that's what slowly led me down this rabbit hole. And then, you know, that's what I think is really interesting. And there's a thing within the Bitcoin community about orange pilling people, things of that nature. And uh, you also brought up the Bitcoin standard, which is a great, uh, great book that, you know, we'll have all this stuff in the show notes as well. But I uh, highly recommend that everybody check that out. Even if you like history, even maybe if you don't even want to mm -hmm. invest in Bitcoin, it's a great history book just to uh, mm -hmm. learn about money in general. But so this is another thing I wanted to have Brian on here for as he talked about his Bitcoin journey. He's a very, very... Um, a very, very informative YouTube channel. And uh, so we're going to have that in the show notes. And, you know, he gives different strategies, different ways to store your Bitcoin, secure your Bitcoin. And uh, that's another thing that's very cool in this community. So, Brian, if you want to share uh, anything just about your YouTube channel and some of those strategies uh, before we start talking about choice, you know, we would uh, love to hear it. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can just uh, search Brian Harrington uh, Bitcoin on YouTube and like my channel will come up and you'll be able to see some of the old talks from the OC Bitcoin network and our meetup too. Um, yeah. And I really just try to hit people with the, the top level. Like I was just recording the top level for my friends of, you know, how many sats are in a Bitcoin, you know, how to do a wallet, how to withdraw to a wallet. So really that kind of top level thing. So yeah, if that's helpful for people, it's definitely out there. Um, one thing on your, like how you found out about it at music festivals, the, the emails that I had, like from my dad were all about like online marketing. And so I, I think it is interesting how different niches really just like brought Bitcoin along, brought Bitcoin along. And, and I still think that is how it is. Like, so I want, what I love about your podcast now you cover multiple topics is I don't like when I'm out there talking to people, like I'm super thankful to like work for a Bitcoin company, but that shouldn't be everyone's end game. Like you shouldn't, you, the goal is not to like join the Bitcoin industry. Right. Like the join, the goal is to like take Bitcoin to your industry and to realize just kind of the principle of sound money and how that can transform, you know, your individual life and also your professional life. And so, yeah, that's, um, I, I like the way that Bitcoin spreads in different niches and, um, there's another cool guy on Twitter who does kind of the crossover, like you do the crypto and cannabis crossover. He does like crypto and sports crossover. And so I really do like what you guys are doing of just creating these crossover spaces. And so that's why I think for the audience right now is that there's not, um, we understand that it's a giant like hose to like drink out of. And so you don't have to drink out of it all at once. Like there's, like I said, I've been on the other right. side of YouTube. So yeah. Right. Yeah, and I'll uh, I got some more questions that uh to ask about your opinion and different things that definitely mm -hmm. relate to that. You know, Bitcoin as the network, you know, security around it, different projects of people like Jack Dorsey, for example. Um, you know, with what he's doing with Square, building layer two. There's some mm -hmm. other things out there. Would love to hear your opinion about. But you know, before we get into that, you know, one of the main reasons we brought you on today, we uh, wanted to hear about Choice Kingdom Trust. And, uh, you know, the Bitcoin IRA and the Choice app, you know, you're mm -hmm. the head of uh, product and marketing. So can you uh, what can you tell us about it? Yeah, totally. So so Kingdom Trust um, was founded in 2010 and it was the guys that started it are just really experts and knowing how to tax efficiently wrap real estate. And so they would um, help people set up their self-directed IRAs. And the whole point of self-directed IRA is for you not to be stuck inside the cookie cutter box that other brokerages try to lock you into. So you get all the benefits of 401k accounts, all the benefits of IRA accounts, but plus the benefit of being able to invest in outside of like three prohibited transactions, invest in whatever you want. And so that's the genesis of what a self-directed IRA is. We we released a choice app. So that's the reason for the dual naming choice app. It's now on iOS and it's also at retirewithchoice.com. This is the simplest, fastest way to create a self-directed IRA that lets you hold physical Bitcoin. So that's like the just one sentence, simple answer, same Bitcoin, less taxes. Take, you can pull your money out of the legacy world. You can pull it out of Schwab. You can pull it out of TD Ameritrade, pull it out of Fidelity. If you have kind of those old jobs, like we discussed, if you, you know, worked a different job, uh, you know, left it five years ago, but it's still sitting in some random index fund, the, that's the tool we're building. We're building the best retirement account in the world for Bitcoiners so that this one aspect of your financial life can just be secure and so that you can lean into, you know, making Bitcoin the standard in your life. So that's the goal. And the way that we're doing it is through Choice App, which is on iOS and at retirewithchoice.com. Yeah, so I actually found out about Choice through Marcus Moles, who we had on uh, the show as well. And 
since finding out about it, you know, I wanted, I was very interested. So like uh, Brian was saying, we discussed this before the show and I had multiple 401ks from working in you know, different, uh, different sales jobs and whatnot. So I was like, you know what, this thing is sitting here, maybe getting a six to 8% return a year. You know, I can mess with it a little bit, whatever. I was like, I'm going to roll this thing over and see what we can get going. And, um, you know, and that process was, uh, you know, is kind of archaic too, because it's not necessarily the kingdom trust, uh, or choices process. It's just that process of how it works and, you know, even getting a physical check to you and then taking that physical check and then mailing it. And, um, you know, so even just going through all that was a, a learning experience in itself. It was a, you know, I definitely grew from it, but it also, it, uh, sets off kind of, you know, like little light bulb, like it shouldn't really be like this, especially for this day and age. Like it should be much more, you know, much more seamless, uh, like they talk about, like in blockchain too, trustless, like this mm -hmm. check had to go through so many barriers mm -hmm. to get to me. So then I could, you know, do mm -hmm. what I wanted to do with my money. So, yep. um, you know, that's just that, that's probably another conversation, uh, as well. But so anyway, so since getting that, you know, it's been, uh, it's a great platform. I was originally using the, uh, the desktop platform. It's very clean. Um, I believe the, uh, the Bitcoin actually buy you buy, it comes off of the Gemini exchange. Is that right? It comes from Kraken and CoinShares. Kraken, Kraken. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So Kraken, yep. yeah, Kraken. Yep. And um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I, uh, you know, I was doing some dollar cost averaging, but, you know, my goal with this whole thing was, you know, no matter what, I was going to buy all of it, uh, mm -hmm. buy pretty much all Bitcoin with it. But I also bought some traditional assets, too, just to mm -hmm. test those waters out. Um, you know, I like a good old dinosaur dividend. So bought, uh, yep. bought some <laughs> bought some AT&T stock on there as well. But um, like Brian was saying, I've since then downloaded the app and, uh, you know, it's been great. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I check in on it. It uh, tracks things for you as well as far as how much taxes you are saving mm -hmm. um, as it grows. And uh, again, I think, you know, Bitcoin has definitely been something that has as a as a tool and, um, you know, as a, uh, you know, pushing people to learn about investing and finances and because i believe this is something none of us ever really talked about or was at the forefront of conversations the way it is today obviously we're getting a little bit younger but in that younger generation too i mean they know about it they're talking about it you get on tiktok and everything else the, mm -hmm. some of the gamification uh yep. that's come along as well i think is pushing that but um yeah so i mean if there's anything uh you'd like to add about you know the app yeah. the app and whatnot uh please share yeah. So on that topic of, yeah, that just app and gamification and just making it more interactive, there definitely are things like on the roadmap that people are going to see on that with the iPhone app. So definitely would recommend anyone that's just a current user that's on web to, and you have an iPhone to definitely get the iPhone app. And then, yeah, any new users, like the signup flows all built into the iPhone app. Um, and yeah, we recognize, um, the just opportunity to make it more interactive and definitely good things coming on that. Um, and then, also great points too about just the legacy world and how how it is a process to get your money transferred out of the legacy world that's um that's a big thing like i think about a lot and we think about a lot internally of just so yeah we're doing we're doing everything we can on our side to speed that up but you're exactly right that the the legacy world doesn't make that easy on us and that then just kind of full circle fuels the mission of you know wanting to give people the ability to you know have the choices um choices that they want so when i can yeah. just give a, a shout out to the uh, choice uh, kingdom trust team because um you know me doing this you know it's not like i was just you know sitting down and having a uh, you know a podcast conversation with somebody mm -hmm. before i did it 
um, you know, so they were, I was talking to somebody, you know, on the phone, you know, and I think that, you know, is definitely going to help people as a transition and where it's not necessarily going to be me doing it in 10 years, it's going to be someone that's even more used to, you know, the technology AI may not need to talk to someone on the phone, but I think in that process, I think his name is uh, Adam. Um, mm-hmm. um, yep. so, you know, Sweet. He, he, uh, he was great. And then, you know, since then there's even been times where, you know, when I'm reaching out for support or emails, things are like being communicated almost in real time. I mean, there was something I remember uh, a month or two ago, something happened, just a little glitch or something. And literally like I was reaching out about it on Twitter and while I was reaching out about it, it was kind of changing. And I was like, and they were like, well, that was great to see. Cause it actually, it's good. Yep. You know, by hearing your response, I was like, all right, this is awesome. So just wanted to say that to uh, just give a big shout out to uh, the team. Cause you know, I know in this world too, so many people are used to how the internet works and how fast mm-hmm. the internet is. And there's so much adoption that's coming so fast. You know, some of yeah. these support teams, you know, are, are definitely going to be getting overwhelmed. Yep. So, you know, I always like to uh, remind people of that and just to, you know, maybe not put everything into it. If, you know, mm-hmm. if you're going to be scared, if you might not get a response for a yep. little bit because someone's overwhelmed. Dude. So, um, no, thanks, man, on that. Like, and I totally agree with you. The dude, software, like, software is changing everything and like not to get super buzzwordy on it, but it is. And so it's, and it's been a really learning exercise for me. And like, also just being on the inside and being able to be a part of something that's like, we're building this, like we're building self-directed IRAs used to be clouded in this kind of like obscure guru land where you'd have to like hire this CPA and then like maybe listen to this and then like maybe do this over here and then set up like all these structures and like do these whole things. And we're streamlining all that. So think like, think TurboTax or think like LegalZoom, like these kind of things that this is a process that all of these old bureaucratic things like of the old world are just getting streamlined and streamlined and streamlined. And so you like the user and like everyone, all of us out here together are like building these things everywhere. And, And that's a great, it's just a great mentality to have for Bitcoin apps as a whole. Like we are the first cohort of users that are using all of these things. And so that's, yeah, it's just a great thing to keep in mind. And, and the legacy world will continue to throw wrenches at us and we have to continue to adapt and continue to adapt. And so, yeah, we've, we have worked really hard to just create this, um, just transparent communication thing. And look, we're like on discord every day, we're on Twitter DMS every day. And so, you and we're bitcoiners ourselves also and so that's that's the other thing i just like relaying to people is like look like i'm literally using this (laughs) like i pulled my this like is scratching my own itch like i pulled my money out of fidelity so that i could use this because one so one of the videos that i have like on on my own personal channel that you talked about is like i talk about how to mentally begin budgeting in bitcoin and i talk about like with fiat i have a checking savings and investing and so i honestly try to manage my own bitcoin like that also and think about it in a checking savings um and investing and so because you have you have like strike app and fold app that are kind of these like i would call them really like transitionary revolutionary checking accounts that they have a usd side and a bitcoin side and so like here in Orange County, where I live, we signed up a restaurant to start taking Bitcoin. And so when I go there and I'm paying them and they're receiving Bitcoin and then I'm receiving rewards back, like um, that's positive. Like that's positive for them and it's positive for me. It's positive for Bitcoin. It's positive for the community. So I'm using these transitionary tools. And that's a lot of the same way that I'm beginning to frame choice app for people is like, look, this is a transitionary tool. 
you are like going down the path of choosing to hold Bitcoin instead of fiat. And we're giving you a rail to do that. We're giving you a rail to have Bitcoin and the equities, like you said, inside one account. And so, yeah, there's like, there's no end. The, the, just the need for these transitionary tools is not, is not going anywhere. So like, don't like join us, like join us as users and join so that we can just continue to like pound the path, pound the path, pound the path. Right. And it's the same thing where like you don't necessarily have to roll a 401k in either. Like you can start with, you know, a uh, a fairly low investment. I want to say, is it like a couple hundred bucks? You can look, you, you can fund your account with ten dollars if you yeah, want. Ten, like the, yeah. the ten dollars, the plan minimum is ten dollars. And that's where that and but it's an absolutely great point is that when you're going through the signup flow, know that you can transfer an account or roll over an account at a later time. But if you just want to get your account open and throw a hundred bucks in through Plaid and just get it open, and then you want to transfer, you know, half of an IRA and just get it moving, and then yep. you can totally do that. Yeah, right. do that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, we're gonna have this in the show notes because that was something you know I didn't necessarily do. I didn't have the account open right away. So uh, you know, this is great advice to hear where. Again, you don't have to roll, you know, a big 401k mm -hmm. over. You can just open the account up, buy your first, you know, $10 worth of Bitcoin, you know, and then start to do, uh, you know, dive in a little deeper, see what you got to do. Because it is a process mm -hmm. definitely to roll 401k over and uh, it might be different from, uh, you know, from bank to bank or. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Like there's different there's different transfer times based on here custodian is and there's different things. It's a lot like. Um, it's, this isn't an exactly perfect analogy, but it's a lot like being an escrow on a house. Like you're, you have to constantly be communicating to both sides of the transaction as you, the user. And so you fill out our transfer form and you give us all the information that we need. And we use that to contact the prior custodian. And if they choose to throw up walls, then we'll need your help in order to like break down that wall or they'll contact you that way. And so, yeah, it's just very like, um, just be prepared for that part of the process. Just enjoy the easy onboarding throw the hundred bucks in the account and then just be prepared for the transfer. Now this uh, next question, this is probably for more of somebody that would already be a Bitcoiner or somebody that is a little more, little bit more knowledgeable about Bitcoin. And that is the different level of Bitcoin storage that is um, offered mm -hmm. within uh, the choice uh, kingdom trust. So can you uh, go into that a little bit as well? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So one of the first questions you'll be asked is there's three methods after you're asked what kind of account you're opening, what kind of IRA you're opening, then you're going to be asked what kind of custody option you'd like. And there's three choices. We have a good blog post about this that we can we can link. Um, first one is called in motion and it's our no annual fee account. And so the way that we're able to subsidize your custody fees is by um, you're a part of a coin shares program that does institutional lending. And so your coins are in a lending program that's generating interest that's off offsetting the custody. So there is no monthly fee on that one. Second option is for it to sit in institutional custody with Fidelity digital assets. And for that custody, you're going to pay 1% of your annual holdings and that's billed monthly. So it's like 0.08 and change per of your last 30 days holding is what you'll pay that month. So it comes out to 1% for the year. And then number three is you have the ability to hold Bitcoin in your own wallet. And what's sweet about this is that it's still all within the structure. All three of these are all within the structure. So yeah, that one comes with a setup fee and it also comes with a monthly fee of $10. And we set you up with a free year of Casa Gold, which Casa is a great multi-sig app. And so when you sign up for that, you have access to that. If you want to use it, you can use it. If you don't, you want to, you can use your own wallet too. Um, totally understandable. 
But yeah, that those are the three options. And then one note on kind of the no annual fee plan is that we're looking to rework that very soon to where it will pass along some of the interest. And so pe some people that enjoy using interest products like that, that's definitely something that's coming down. Not currently there. Currently, it just subsidizes um, and gives you the free custody. But yeah, that's something we're looking to change. Absolutely. And yeah, you, can also, you can also switch at any time too. So that's what I like to tell people is, again, you know, think about whatever three, you know, fits like the current um, goals and objectives, investment objectives that you have, but then understand that if you change your mind, you're able to switch around. Right. And that's, uh, that's where I'm at in this process. You know, right now I am, uh, you know, using the one where it's, you know, where it's free and, you know, as it starts to, uh, you know, compound and, you know, my, uh, my bounty starts to build and whatnot and it starts to add more in, uh, you know, I'm going to take different measures of security at that point. And uh, I'm glad that you brought up CASA and multi-sig. That's something mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, Marcus and myself talked about as well. And uh, I know you have, uh, you know, great YouTube discussions about this that I actually already listened to. But, um, you know, I think it's great that you all offer that. And uh, just to uh, just to highlight CASA, multi-sig, how that kind of works, just so everyone can uh, have an idea. Because, you know, uh, Marcus, for example, talked about the three-fifths, uh, you know, multi-sig. And I know the mm -hmm. gold... I believe is a uh, two thirds. So just yep. to, uh, yep. just to uh, explain that a little bit. Yeah. So a multi multi sig is there's multiple keys that are required to move the Bitcoin. And so unlike holding, unlike holding Bitcoin on a single Trezor or a single ledger, or, you know, just in uh, you know, blue wallet on your phone, it's there's instead there's three keys and you can think about it like a safe and then you need two of the three to open it or three of the five to open it. And so, yeah, Casa gold, your phone being one of the keys and then one hardware key being one of the keys and then they hold a backup key in case something happens to one of those um you can also switch that over to use two hardwares and then their backups so yeah and i'm i'm a current user like i i enjoy the product i think it's i use it on iphone and i really do love it right yeah i actually uh i just uh, started getting into casa just downloaded uh, the app and uh, ordered my uh, hardware wallets uh, mm -hmm. just waiting for those to come in the mail um, but, uh, you know, after that conversation I had with Marcus, you know, I knew it was, uh, important to start researching it more and, uh, you know, dive into it a little bit. Cause that was one thing in my journey. I mean, I know how important, um, you know, security is within Bitcoin, but, uh, you know, also, you know, that being said, you know, I've, I've been trying to, you know, grow it as much as I can. And sometimes, uh, you know, having it in storage is, uh, doesn't mean it's not going to grow because, you know, as it accumulates and, you know, it's safe and whatnot, but, I have taken advantage of a lot of the different um, projects and different apps that are out there like uh, invest voyager or BlockFi, um, mm -hmm. different uh, lending exchanges where you can earn interest. Yep. And, uh, and then I've also um, dabbled a little bit in uh, some of the DeFi networks that are going mm -hmm. on. And this was uh, something I wanted to ask you a little bit about as well. And that was just your opinion on some other projects that are going on within uh, Bitcoin, the Bitcoin economy. Um, one, for example, I was just going to talk about um, that I've done with some of my Bitcoin is uh, through a DeFi, uh, a DeFi app and it's um, Sovereign. And mm -hmm. uh, so yep. on Sovereign, you know, I've used it to, uh, they call it a yield farming and uh, yep. also uh, lended, uh, lended out some of my Bitcoin as well. And then, you know, it's an exchange where, you know, technically I'm, uh, um, you know, inter-exchanging it to other tokens and whatnot within, you know, that, uh, within that network. So, you know, my strategy there is to try and, you know, grow it as much as I can, convert it all back to Bitcoin and then put it into storage. So, you yep. know, there's, uh, there's lots of different strategies out there, but it's also very cool to learn some of this stuff 
and to uh, learn how these networks work. And uh, so that's why I just wanted to ask you uh, your opinions or you know ones that yeah. you might need to uh, look out for. Yeah. So um, first on the wallet discussion. Yeah. If no one has, if you've never withdrawn your coins from an exchange, definitely would recommend just practicing. And again, kind of how we talked on the rollover and the transfer process, you don't have to move at all. Okay. Right. So if you've, if you've only used Coinbase or only used BlockFi or only used some of like these kind of big exchanges, pick a wallet and download it on your phone and practice withdrawing 10 bucks. Like that's like a great, do that on a, you know, Saturday and just feel how it feels out or um, yeah. So that would just be a recommendation on that point. Um, that's a way to grow yourself and grow your Bitcoin knowledge. And then, yes, on the like DeFi on Bitcoin, very excited about it. Very excited. And I'm a sovereign user also. So the way that I would break this down of just talking about this big bucket is there's there's basically there's basically three side chains that are most often talked about for Bitcoin right now. And they're uh, in order of kind of like popularity. It's lightning then liquid, then RSK, okay? And so RSK is the one that Sovereign makes usage of, uh, which is why I think Sovereign is so good. And so, yes, like I, the other thing, what I like about what I like about DeFi on Bitcoin compared to DeFi on other networks is I'm able to use the base currency that I've already chosen to use. And so like when I log in and when I use Sovereign and I use the liquidity, um, um, desktop wallet, uh, browser wallet with Sovereign, I deposit Bitcoin, I peg in Bitcoin, I get RBTC, like RBTC, so Bitcoin on RSK, and then I'm able to deposit that and get paid out in RBTC. So that's what I love most about it. Of In kind of, so a similar, similar of that, what I like is on, um, people should look up HODL HODL lending, and so HODL HODL Lending is an example of a platform that does peer-to-peer uh, -peer lending on the Liquid network. Okay. And so that one, I've like done loans that where you know half of the transaction is Bitcoin collateral and then the other half of the transaction is um, Liquid Tether. And so they also have Liquid Bitcoin Lending. Um, I don't know how big the market for that is right now, but I like that part. And then Lightning is, people are uh, familiar on that one of where if you run a lightning node, you are able to route payments and earn a return that way also. And so all three of these categories are growing. Um, and those are the three side chains and layers um, to keep in mind when you're thinking about Bitcoin and keep looking for different apps that build on each, all three of these things. Absolutely. One, one more I would talk about would be um, look up uh, Atomic Finance. Okay. They're in their beta right now also, and they're building, um, because another term people will start to hear about more and more is called discrete log contracts. And that's kind of a way to use like a multi-sig that talks to an Oracle to settle whatever the contract is. And so what all three of these illustrates combined with the discrete log contracts is um, just that bit, like Bitcoin is very robust. And so don't fall into the trap of believing that Bitcoin is static. Bitcoin is robust and is always changing. And there's, um, lots of layers and things that are happening absolutely yeah just to uh lean in a little bit about the uh the lightning network that you brought up i think that's one um you know for the most maybe average person that might have heard of it before you know the rsk network like we were talking about sovereign you know love using that but uh so with the lightning network i know that is one where uh jack dorsey um has been starting to get involved um and I was just wondering your opinion on um, if you have one just with Square, 
with them building a hard wallet, things that Jack Dorsey's talking about doing um, and, uh, and everything. So what do you think about that? Yeah, so super love it. I, I do think um, more hardware wallets, the better. I mean, obviously you have to just vet your hardware wallets really well. Um, but yeah, like I think it's super positive that they're making it and I hope I'm, I can almost bet that they're gonna come at a really nice price point and like really easy to use just based on everything else Square has already done. Um, yeah, love seeing Jack's um, like passion for lightning. One thing that I would love to see uh, just happen pretty, pretty soon, I think would be, I would love to see the Square terminals at all these coffee shops just get lightning. I would love to just, I'd love to just see that switch turn on because I think that would, it just continues to put Bitcoin at top of people's minds. And I, I do think ben, like restaurants can really benefit from this. And so having another option, like, so BTC Pay Server and OpenNode are both great. And like, if you're, if people are listening and already like running a restaurant and want to start accepting Bitcoin, BTC Pay Server and OpenNode are already like great paths to like fall on that. Um, but just watching Square, like just turn the heat up on it would be really awesome to just see and look at. Yeah, because just when you uh, get in the weeds a little bit on Bitcoin Twitter, I mean, people throw out all sorts of conspiracies sometimes or things that may not be true or a lot of hopium, as some would mm -hmm. say. But uh, mm -hmm. I mean, they've even talked about Jack plugging uh, Twitter into the Lightning yeah. Network and things like yeah. that. So I like to think big picture. I mean, he can't do it all at once. I mean, I guess yeah. they, uh, another thing in the Bitcoin network, uh, first gradually, then suddenly. So, mm -hmm. um, but you know. One benefit, one benefit in that space a little bit this week was OpenNode just got plugged into Substack. So if there's people that are like writing on Substack and, and you know, monetizing their communities on Substack, they do have that option over there now. And so that's, that's cool. It's all, it's all bouncing around very close. Yeah, so it's uh it's all really exciting stuff. Um, you know, now that uh while we got you here, I'd love to uh hear your opinion about uh, the new infrastructure deal mm -hmm. and uh, how Bitcoin and uh, cryptocurrency got pulled into that. You know, I know mm -hmm. with all your knowledge around the space and uh, you know, just within this company as well too. Um, I'm sure, you know, you all uh, have an opinion about it or have a mm -hmm. strategy or could easily explain it to, uh, you know, somebody like myself. Yeah. Um, so I don't know about that last part. I was tracking with you until they easily explained part, but Politics, so, right? <laughs> yeah, so I, I really like this. Um, I watch George Gammon a lot on YouTube and he says this thing where he's like, we've gone from having to answer, like ask and answer economics questions at that ask and answer political questions. And I just think that's really insightful. And it's, uh, it's hard, like reading political tea leaves is very, very hard. Um, so yes, the infrastructure bill, like definitely threw a wrench in things and definitely like scared people. And that's something that, again, being on the inside of a company, it's like, I have my like Bitcoin, like my Bitcoiner gut reaction to things in the like, I'm a grassroots guy at heart and a freedom guy at heart like i have the like genesis buck on the wall that like that's that's why i'm here like the reason why i'm in bitcoin is to expand like expand freedom like i believe that bitcoin is moving the world and society and individual rights like in a positive direction so everyone who knows me like knows that just like straight up making that a reality through company actions in the face of like like legislation that is like literally unworkable like actually physically doesn't make any sense like the the components that they're asking what they're asking them to do they can't do that i like honestly i'm just very i don't know what's going to happen like when i'm just sitting here right here today i don't 
know what's going to happen. And so I think so, but I do know that like Bitcoiners are gathering influence at an increased pace and people with influence are being educated about Bitcoin at an increased pace. Um, like my friend Tristine uh, just took over the comms position at um, Riot Blockchain and she's here in Orange County and Riot Blockchain has an office here in Orange County. And so I like I'm looking forward on a personal level, like I'm looking forward to really just like getting in like tighter with just like hearing the talking points from her and hearing the talking points from her and knowing what we can do because she's she's been a lot closer to that world than I have over these like last few years since I took a break from working on campaigns. So that's something I'm doing locally. And I do think like, I think Bitcoin meetups can empower this also. So like, so comments on the actual infrastructure bill, it actually is unworkable, but that doesn't mean they're not going to pass it anyways, is like where I'm at on that. Okay. So then at the company level, at the company level, companies have to just continue to step, step, step. And companies are going to move slower than like us as individuals will be of like kind of working broader because as an individual, you have the option to use like a stack of Bitcoin products. And you can also, I believe that the Bitcoin like quote unquote ecosystem is very robust and is going to come up with solutions and is going to continue step, step, step because the technology is that so powerful and because the humans we have involved are some of the most ingenious and like high agency people in the world. Right. So then when you take it to any one company at a time, each, I believe that like then those teams are just going to look at the playing field and continue to step, step, step. And the collective whole is still going to create, it's still going to create positive solutions and app stacks for individual Bitcoiners to continue leaning into using better money, leaning into using better money. And then when you take it down from a company level, we take it down to like the Bitcoin meetup and the Bitcoin just society level. Look, there's like, I've been a part of, I've probably gone to a hundred Bitcoin meetups like at this point and met like multiple, multiple people off the internet and done calls and just gotten to know people. And I've never gone to like grassroots things where I'm on the same page with the people that I meet with so fast. Okay. And right. so that is very powerful. Meeting in pe person is very powerful. And so if you have access to city council people or state assembly people or just, you know, people on like the water board, like invite them to your Bitcoin meetups, invite them out for coffee, like grab a beer with them and like keep talking to them about Bitcoin. Don't shy back. Don't right. shy down. And because it's such this dual thing, like as we're voting with our feet and voting with our voice, like continue to like advance ground and create the life that you're like want to live, but also continue to use your influence to um, like orange belt people with influence. That's the, that's the three buckets that I just like look at everything in. And I see every day as like every day for the 16 hours that I'm online is just trying to push that forward, trying to push that forward. So whether that's having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with you today or going to Bitcoin meetup this Thursday or you know, improving the choice app product, improving choice app product, improving choice app product, all of those things are still advancing in the face of whatever uncertainty is, you know, happening in the future. So, man, the hairs on my neck are standing up a little bit. Got some chills that fired yeah. me up a little bit, Brian. I appreciate it. 
I love some good energy, but um, again, you know, thank you so much for uh, joining us. You know, that, that message there at the end, I just kind of want to leave it at that because, you know, that is what I believe in as well. That's what Bitcoin is at its core. It's people like yourself that are pushing adoption, pushing education and helping people who else otherwise probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to financially free themselves and their families for generations to come. So, mm-hmm. Brian, thank yeah. you so much choice kingdom trust the, sh- the links are going to be in the show notes i look forward to staying connected with you i'll see you on twitter you know we'll be going back and forth i'm sure um but thank you so much for this time and uh i look forward to yeah. conversations in the future yeah you got it dude great talking Absolutely. thanks brian and it's been another healthy week here at stash it or pass it and we're really happy to bring you another culture report Mike's coming in live. He just finished a 10-day quarantini. Mike, how was that quarantini? Man, quarantine. It's over. Um, no, it was good. It was Woo! Um, yeah. A little it was, uninterrupted uh, time. Never hurt anybody. Yeah, a little uninterrupted time. It was nice. Um, I had some, I guess, I planned to go home to Ohio to do some, some deer and some farming things. And there might be something else going on in Ohio too, right? A little so H O F. The quarantine really took my uh, took my deer hunting plans and put them on the back burner, so I didn't get to do all that stuff. But I did get to spend about a week, week and a half here chilling. Uh, my girlfriend Samantha and I. Um, so you know, it was good to kind of have that time together, and um, you know, just to not have to be alone and uh, to have someone here who was. You know, we we're going through it together. It was really nice, and um, you know, I got the got these two with us. Well, is it is it true that once you found out that you had had COVID, you used her toothbrush? Oh, I had been using her. <laughs> she doesn't even know it, but it's like something I do just to send my love to her. Like, yeah. Right. I mean, you know, some guys some guys like feet. Mike likes girls' toothbrushes. And. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what I like. No. Hey, man. So said you're going back to Ohio. Got to let everybody know a big congratulations to my man, my best friend on the Hall of Fame at Dublin Kaufman High School. Home of the Rocks, baby. Congratulations. Go Rocks. Appreciate it, Jeff. Yeah, man. So what's going to go down up there? You and, uh, you know, fellow rock Jake Stoneburner going into the Hall of Fame. You got a little little speech planned what's going to happen you're going to shake some hands you can't kiss any babies this time yeah no kissing babies uh yeah it's a it's going to be a cool little deal they have a they've got a ceremony planned friday before the before the game and all that stuff um you know be a lot of friends in town a couple other people getting honored a really good friend of mine kelsey and yachty one of the best female soccer players from the area in the last couple decades um, and then a couple of really great, um, you know, perfect, uh, undefeated women's basketball teams and also a, uh, a multi all-state wrestler. Um, I think maybe like a national champ runner up um, and Matt Stoll uh, getting inducted as well. So, yeah, it should be a good one. Be nice to see everybody. I don't make it back to Dublin that often. So um, to get back, there will be a pretty cool deal. And um i think you know my mom's really excited about it i'm really excited about it uh, my time at dublin kaufman was uh, something i hold real near and dear um those relationships and you know 
as a, as a high school athlete, those are the times where you kind of really learn who you are uh, when you really are developing that work ethic right. um, that you, you know, really come to refine and to lean on uh, the rest of the way through your career. So, um, you know, I'm just really thankful to, to be a part of the, this year's class and uh, to be able to go back and accept that and, you know, see everybody and spend some time. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's really exciting. It's really awesome to see. Obviously, we're getting a little bit older, so it's cool to uh, get honored with these things because you know you put in a lot of time, work, sweat, effort, and uh, you know you did it out of pride for your school, for your people, for your brothers, for you know the guy next to you, for your family. So getting honored like something like this is uh, really cool, man. So congratulations there, and I hope everybody gets to listen to this while they're at the show because. I can remind everybody when we started a fake rumor about me coming to Dublin Kaufman, Ohio, back in high school too. <laughs> oh, bro, yeah, that was that was a good one, man. It, uh, Alex Otney was freaking out. He was like, "Damn it, man, I'm gonna have to Damn play it, center." No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro, yeah, it's it's a it's a I don't know, it's a weird thing, you know, like being honored by your high school and. I mean, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny because these are the kind of things that really like bring out some, some true colors in people, mm -hmm. you know? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of healing that a lot of people had to do from high school. You know what I mean? But right. You get a lot of people who are like, oh, high school awards, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, I mean, yeah, it's all good and all, but I mean, a lot of those people who do that uh, would never really be up for consideration of being honored by their high school. So a lot of it's like a defense thing, you know what right, I mean? Right. Whereas if they, you know, took the time to do something, uh, you know, to be a part of something like that or to, you know, put in that much extra work and those kind of things, then you kind of have a different relationship with those things. But it's, um, it's, it's an interesting thing to see. And it's, you know, it's, uh, it's cool, but I'm excited about it. Yeah. I, I mean, with what you're saying, dude, forward. I mean, they're bringing guys like guys and gals like y'all back honoring you, you know, at a game. And then that's giving inspiration to the kids sitting in those stands or to the kids on the field. And that's what it's about. It's about the kids too, at the end of, you know, exactly. at, at, you know, that's really what it's about. And, you know, you're showing them that it's like, you can dream, but you can take action and accomplish your dreams. Exactly. And that's you know what, what it's, I mean? you know, and that's what you're showing by coming back and getting honored. And it's not, you know, it's not really about you. It's about coming back and showing them like you can do it, man. Bro. And people like, I don't know. It just makes me so thankful to have played a game like football right. where it teaches you to really have pride in where you're from yep. and like what you're a part of, yep. you know what I mean? Like, because it doesn't matter like what was going on outside of the, that locker room. You know what I mean? What was going on outside of that team? Like if I liked living there, if I didn't like living there, which I loved living in Dublin, I lived in Dublin. Right. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter what goes on outside of there. Like when you buy into something like that. Right. I mean, it gives you a sense of pride forever. Absolutely. Forward. You know what I mean? And like, there's a lot of people who don't have that because they never felt like they belong. You right. know, right. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I hate my hometown and blah, blah, blah. And I think they get into that toxic cycle because right. they've got a lot of things that they don't like. 
they never felt like they belong or they got like bullied or something you know what i mean mm -hmm. like they just never you know and which i get like cool like hate the bully do all these things but i don't know i mean i wouldn't really just go around shitting on everything that right everybody else loves you know it's the same thing too i mean i've had some bad experiences and been in a bad state of mind and then blanketed that or made it a very big broad thing like how all these things would be terrible just because i was feeling so terrible and it's oh, like bro, it's like it's like when you retire from football yeah and like right. you know most people don't go out on their own terms you know so everybody's always fucking salty like oh i can't Bitter. play anymore I hate mm. football. I'm not going to watch football, blah, blah, yep. blah. Like, you know, football sucks. And then it's like, nah, dude, like you can't let your circumstance right. like damage your relationship with the game. Exactly. It's gotten you so far that's brought in all these, all the relationships in your life, you know, mm -hmm. like not all of them, but football brings a lot of people into your life, you know? Absolutely, I mean? man. And, um, you know, all the lessons it teaches you, you know, and football, all, you know, other sports too, other things that you really oh, yeah, dedicate yeah. your time to, and you're part of something, you know, those yeah, are, that's what like it does. Any, any of those team sports. Yeah. Bro, like it's, it's unreal. And uh, I don't know. It's like, it makes me just so happy to have played it. And I'm like, when people ask me like, what do you think about kids playing football? I'm always thinking like, dude, like you could never get me to say that a kid shouldn't play football. Like, yeah, sure. I'll say like, yeah, I, I won't let my kids play contact football probably until ninth grade. You know, right. I don't really think there's a need for them to, I think if you can go just let a kid be a well-rounded athlete, try everything, teach right. them, um, you know, let them play flag, teach them how to play football without uh, having to have all the collisions and stuff, right. You know, teaching a kid how to run routes or move his feet or, you know, take drops as a quarterback and all those things without getting hit, I think. And then let them get in there when they're a little bit more developed. Mm -hmm. I mean, so even in ninth grade, like all this is nowhere near developed. Right. right. Um, so, you know, I think when you get them in there playing real ball in high school, it only, in my eyes, it only will help prolong their career. Uh, or at least give them better odds. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that the the least the less contact reps you have on your body going into college, like you can go ahead and book those on the back end. You know what right. I mean? Like you you give me the kid who's played flag football until he was fifteen and then came out and was all district, all county, whatever, versus the kid who's been playing contact football since he was six and he was all state. I mean, I was the kid who played since he was six and was all state. But right. I'll tell you this, like if I'm a college coach trying to like, you know, really build a player and both of these kids, this kid's not that much better than the other, I'll probably take the one who's going to be healthier. Because I can also say that in college, once I got to college, I had had shoulder surgery, had to have knee surgery, then there broke my foot, Liz Frank. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like I had a lot of wear and tear on my body and that shit was rough and ended up, you know, carrying over into the NFL. So, right. uh, you know, I think, I don't know. I think that, you know, as a, uh, as a former coach, you know who I would have taken of the two players? Probably me. The bigger one with longer <laughs> arms. <laughs> if they're both just as good. And one is bigger, then you're gonna take the guy. That's bigger. Oh yeah, you're definitely gonna take the bigger kids. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Sometimes there's those kids got that 
got that thing in him and you There's just know with the it. yeah yeah if he's a dog then it don't matter how like tall he is we're like all right yeah whatever. that's one thing about football like more so than anything else is like like, bro, there's way more things that don't take talent that you can use to your advantage in football than any other sport. That's why there's because so many football, great players. You don't, have to, you don't have to touch the ball in football. Yeah, you know right. I mean? like, you can be someone who just goes out there and plays with just strictly effort. I mean, at least through high school and like college, like as long as you got talent, you know right. what I mean? But like, like, bro, like. Well, that's what there's sucks about who just has that switch, especially yeah. as an old lineman, that switch where a kid is just a fucking animal, where he just wants to go out there and drive a man into the ground and fucking just do all the nastiness. You know, <laughs> right. This fucking eyeball, like take take his fucking will away. Like you find those kids, bro. You could give me a six three, a six four. 270 pound one of those kids. I mean, that's a that's a really, I mean, that's a <laughs> Bro, I'm talking versus like a six, 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 yeah, seven, right, like three thirty, yeah, yeah, right. Like right. you give me that kid who's you know yeah. six four, two seventy five with a whole lot of dog versus right. like one of them big ass fucking kids who looks great but looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. Mm-hmm. Bro, I'm taking the I'm taking the other one. But yeah, I mean the uh, what you're talking about too reminds me of there's some really really good high school players that might have 150 tackles and. 20 sacks but they're not going to go to alabama or ohio state or even they might not even go d1 but like they're incredible high school players that actually listen to everything the coach says as far as all the little things and then they end up becoming these incredible players but you know at the next level it's just it's not all there on paper sometimes and it's yeah and it's hard to uh to explain that to some people now too, because there's a lot of recruiting services out there that essentially will just keep taking, you know, they're taking advantage of parents, especially affluent parents that, you know, are going to go stop at nothing to make sure yeah. their kid plays D one football. They'll say, yeah, keep giving me your money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a chance. Like where it's like, you know, yeah, he's first team all state. He's got all these tackles. It's like, but he can't like flip his hips. Like you ain't yeah, going to fucking play dog. <laughs> so but that's why, that's why you gotta that's why you gotta have your kids doing yoga right right early man that's uh one thing i'm really excited about and this is another thing where you just gotta zoom out and look full picture at what the game has given you in relationships it's given me you know yoga in our relationship the relationship you have with it now and that's gonna like change my kids lives so much or and even like other things i participate in as far as you know, starting meditation classes and breathing classes and, you know, trying to make this stuff more normal and show people how useful it is in, you know, elite sports and, you know, high stressful situations in general. So, bro, speaking of breaking cycles, what you were just talking about and like integrating new things, bro, when I think about having kids, this is a crazy thing. Like, and it, it still kind of perplexes me that there's people out there like this. And I think that, it fucking makes her angry that I don't understand it. But like, so as a kid, I was a kid who fucked up pretty regularly. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I was always doing shit that I'm not supposed to, you know, which I think that's the case with most kids. You know what I mean? Not huge shit all the time, but you know, little stuff. Yeah, man. Like, was I sneaking out to go play with my friends like on the weekends in middle school where we out like ringing and running and like doing stuff. Yeah, bro. Like we were doing that stuff, you know. Right. But I'm like, dude, there's also this whole realm of people out there 
and like, you know, starting small. And then I also made big, 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 big mess ups, you know, mm -hmm. but there's a whole world of people out there who just never did any kind of bad shit. Right. Like, like when I talked to my girlfriend, Samantha, mm -hmm. and like, she's, she's like, why didn't you ever just not do the bad shit? And I was like, well, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, that was the fun stuff. Those are great right. times. I've got great memories from doing that. Like, I don't know. I learned a lot, you know, but she's like, she's like, yeah, I never did that. I just don't do like, I just don't do the things I'm not supposed to do. Right. And I'm just like all the time. You know what I would have said? I would have said, does a lion stretch before it chases a gazelle? Sometimes. <laughs> like Grable. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but dude, it just, it, blow, it kind of blows my mind though. Like, like, you know, cause the two of us, bro, like we, we did like wild shit all the time. Oh yeah. Like we're different like kind of guys. I mean, that's why we got to talk about it and share experiences and relate with people because yeah. we've lived like we're like little cats. I've lived like nine yeah. lives, dude. I mean, hopefully very, not nine. Very wild ass cats, dude. Hopefully, I got two more yeah. left. I might be on life seven. Hopefully, <laughs> I, mean, I got like know, four. I got I got four left. I got four left. Bro, with all the with all the shit coming back at you from the earlier in these lives, like you got to make sure you got a couple on deck. Like, dude, I really like. I just don't get it. I'm like. Like, she can be talking about doing any, I can be talking about like drugs. I'd be like, yeah, did ecstasy a couple times, you know, like a right. couple times in a month, a couple times <laughs> in a weekend, a couple times, you know what I mean? Which might and not be like, a good thing, you know, it's just, yeah, it's right, right. But you know what I'm saying? I'm just talking like experience or whatever. Yeah, right. Like, you know, I could say, like, yeah, I went to a music festival and we did ecstasy for three days. Yeah, because you just lose track of, you know, you don't know what day it is at that point. And had a great time, right? Mm -hmm. and came home and everything was fine and like some people will look at you like you've got horns growing out of your head like it's the <laughs> most foreign thing and I'm just like man like and that's the same way that I kind of look at them but like I try not like right. I just like not that anything's better or worse like I have these times where I think it would be great to have you know to be so pure you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it would be great. Like, okay, I love this girl. I think I want to get married. It would be great if I could just share all of the, if I could discover all of the wonders of sex with this one woman that I love, right? And mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that would be dope. But like, how would I have been miserable my whole life growing up? And then it would be worth it? Or would I like regret it? Or... You know, mm. I don't know. It's a bunch of weird stuff. And it's well, not even just like that, but, you know, just like all types of different things that you do, like when you live an impure life, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm the king of living a fucking impure life for a really long time. And, you know, like you, like when you're talking about looking at things big picture, like that, uh, I kind of look at some of the things like, that whole instant gratification thing. And I'm like, man, I wonder what it would have been like if I held out on some of the stuff on the front end and experienced it later in life on the back end, you know, yeah. which I mean, not better, not worse. I don't really care that much, but I think like, I like to think about things like that. And it's mm -hmm. real interesting. Like, I wonder what it would be like to be a guy who never went to a music festival until he was like 30. Right. 
you know, and was like like a financially stable, like you know, yeah. like had his had my life like you know pretty much had a grip on who I who I wanted to be professionally and like all that, you know, right. versus like going when I was 25 and like in an identity crisis and just kind of like wilding out in general, What's... you know, like, I wonder, I wonder what those experiences are like, like what you learn differently um, right. from those, you know, like, I think they're both pretty sick. Like I, I love the way that I did it, mm-hmm. you know, the way that we did it, like learn so much. I can remember one night laying in a tent, and we were all just chilling. And I looked over at you and I was just like, man, JB, like, you know what, man? Like, no matter what, bro, like, it's all going to be all right. Right. You know, and you were like, what? And I was like, no matter what happens, bro, when we leave here, bro, like, we're fucking straight, bro. Like, it's always going to be all right because we are who we are. Right, man. You know? And, right. like, I absolutely love those times. Oh, you know, yeah. I remember the first time we were at a show and it was like sunset and we we're in the front of a 30,000 person crowd and you're like, bro, turn around. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit, bro. Thanks. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> and like, I remember that, like, but you know, I, I have friends nowadays who they'd never been to a festival and I took them to a festival for their first time and they're like 30, you know, and like mm-hmm. I give them those experiences, but obviously it's always going to be different person to person but right at this period in my life when i go to those types of things it's just a little different yeah no absolutely it's a uh, you know when i was listening to you talk it made me think now i bet that guy too that is like maybe hasn't gone he's like man or a guy that's like 40s like exactly. damn i wish i could you know like yeah so- it's always one of those grasses greener type of deals and then what you were thinking about, too, with as far as just life experiences, the good, the bad, the ugly, the evil, the happy, you know, the generous, the greedy, the, uh, you know, versus living, you know, trying to live super pure and maybe fearful and not try things or, you know, which isn't necessarily bad. But like if that's how you're raised and that's how you live and it makes you feel good. I mean, that's what some people like. But, yeah, you know, for me, I mean, where I'm at now, man, I mean. And I know it's, you're not, it's a roller coaster and it's like building more awareness to feelings and habits, situations, like we were saying, but I wouldn't trade it for the world for where I'm at now. Like I, like I've had some terrible times and like, I'm still getting, getting over some and I've had some incredible times, like so amazing where some days I'll find myself pondering like, whoa, dude, like this really happened. Like, are you really here right now? Is this, this is how it all went down. Did you do all those things? And you know, I'm blessed with an incredible life, a very privileged life. I've worked very hard, but you know, at the same time, I've had incredible coaches, leaders, teachers, parents. I mean, friends, people like, you know, friendships like ours, like, I mean, there's really none like ours, but you know what I mean? Um, And, uh, you know, dude, so just thinking like that and the kind of person now that like I can be with all this awareness and experience, that's what I'm really looking forward to for this next you know, 30 years, 50 years, you know, yeah. like just cause obviously I'm 31. So and I'm talking about that. That's 30. like the, that's like what it's cause we all started talking about this because we're talking about things we can pass on to our kids. Mm-hmm. Blessed that we have. And so like doing it, it constructive, think, more, a little more constructive, but like, yeah. You know. So what it makes me think of is like, not just like, not just talking about parties and all that. What mm-hmm. I'm talking about is an over is having this overall awareness at a younger age. Right. 
Like there's people out there who don't do these things because they have more of an awareness and more of like, I guess they, yeah, I guess they have more awareness of what like the consequences actually are. Right. And like what's really going on. You know what I mean? Some people don't do dumb shit because they're like, Oh, that might traumatize me. And I don't want to be fucked up in this when I get older. You know what I mean? And stuff like that. So it's kind of like, being able to have hindsight now, I guess. I watched a great video with Jay Shetty about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but like having hindsight now, it's like, yeah, hindsight, it's always 2020. And you're like, fuck, man, of course I should have did that after you already did it. Right, right. You know? So right. being able to like take like, you know, 10 seconds, like you said, you know, take 10 seconds mm-hmm. and really think about it, the consequences and everything before you do shit. Like, that is not something that I've always been able to do. Right. Not even a little bit, you right. know? And then there's also been a lot of times where I have had those moments. And I'm like, fuck it, dude, I'm still doing this. Yep. You know what I mean? Where like my impulse, like, dude, from football, the impulse center in there is like, doesn't work right. Right. You know what I mean? Like straight up. I know that because I've had my brain studied. Um, but like, yeah, the center for impulsivity, that shit just don't always fucking, you know, the window at the counter doesn't always come down when you step up to the front of the line type shit, you know what I mean? Right. Yep. So I've had some times where like, I'm like, man, I probably shouldn't be doing this, but I'm doing it, you know, and it's a weird deal, but you know, to be able to like pass down to your kids and be Mm -hmm. like, yeah, man, like here's where this awareness comes from, you know what I mean? Be able to teach them lessons like that. Um, I think it'll be like so imperative, especially if you got kids who are playing contact sports. Right. You know what I mean? Like being able to have the wherewithal and the knowledge that we do now about contact sports and our brains and the way that it works with our mental health. Right. Um, I think being able to give my sons or daughters the tools that I've developed by trial and error or you know what i mean of myself Mm -hmm. friends um to be able to take care of myself uh i think will be just so dope man like being able to teach kids how to meditate and how to take care of their bodies at a young age and Mm -hmm. how to put the right things into their body like man if i wasn't eating oreos and mountain dew and gummy worms and shit fucking like all the time growing up and like, you know, and even in my twenties, like, bro, like, right. That stuff only helps you transition out of the game easier. Right. You know, and all like, that stuff affects, you know, your brain development, your mind. Exactly. You know, That's what I mean. Things, like, you know, how it like makes your body you're healthy all the way around and you're getting yeah. out of the game. You're going to have a lot more of a chance to not have mental breakdowns all the fucking time. Right. You know, when you're not full of a bunch of bullshit food. I mean, that's one thing, too. It's like you change your body, change your mind. Like you got to sometimes start with the physical and it's like what you're putting in there will then help you change your mind. You change your mind. You can change anything. Yeah. And that's so one thing you were saying, too, talking about speaking, you know, telling your kids like lessons, wisdom. And this is really for anybody, you know, coming from someone that's done a lot of things that's really, really pushed it and pushed the needle and things that you experiences you you have things you say like there's a line and sometimes when you push it really really far you will get to that line 
And I'm not going to tell you not to cross it, but I'll tell you if you do, sometimes you cannot come back. And that's what can be traumatizing or things. If you're not prepared to deal with what comes after crossing that line, then don't cross it. Yeah, dude, that is that that's that's the thing is like because you're going to hold that forever, you know, and if you're not ready to hold that or ready to deal with what comes next, then those are the times when you just got to be careful when you're out there pushing it. I think that was my uh, one of my issues, like as a as a you know young adult, as a youth coming up, was like I had fucking got to that line and I decided to cross it, knowing that there would be consequences. Mm-hmm. And then I really just didn't really mind the consequences that bad. Yeah, you know. And right. I was like, well, I can I can deal with that, you know. Right. So then. The next time I was at that line, it was a little bit easier to say, fuck it, maybe I'll try it again, you know, and not really realizing the long-term consequences that came with that, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the whole hindsight now thing is really not. And I think that also comes, I mean, I can't, I can't, like, I'm not a person who could sit here and say I didn't have good guidance as a kid. Like, I had a really great support system, great people, knowledgeable people. Absolutely. um, Loved me and disciplined me and, you know, all of those things. And, um, you know, I just sometimes like to get a little wild, you know, sometimes I like to push the needle. I was just one of those people. Um, When this could just be, you know, also with other things too, like, it could be with things you're saying or things that you're becoming a part of and like, Oh, you know, you're really pushing it. And it's like, you might get to a point where, you know, once you just, and it can be, there's a certain barrier and things where other people in your life might leave you, or you might leave some people behind or, you know, there's just, and this, this is all pushing the needle is on a good end. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's on making mistakes and it's also on like challenging status quo. It's on doing good things sometimes too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, because there was, whew, I mean, there's been a few times in my life where I've had gotten to that point where, like, damn, if I cross this line, I'm going to really piss some people off. But mm-hmm. it's something that needs to happen for the benefit of the greater good, like the right. benefit of us. You know, right? Um, so, yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's important to know that on both sides. You know right. what I mean? And it's important to get real comfortable with those uncomfortable situations. Right. Um, and also to be like, when you get to that point of crossing that line, to be uncomfortable enough to actually sit and think about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people get to that uncomfortable time and then they just are like, oh, fuck. And they get so uncomfortable that they just impulsively commit to one or the other. Right. Uh, you know, yep. and so I think like being able to sit with discomfort and make like those tough decisions, um, it's it's wild. And it was a lot. Of, I wouldn't say. So like in football for me, it was a lot easier to make the the, the tough decision to fucking go harder or to do right. all these things because I felt like so many other people were watching me and needed to see me do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, uh, and like that, no matter how tired I was, I was always going to go even harder the more tired I got, you know, right. but like in life now, like for me, sometimes it's kind of like, 
since not being a part of like a team like in football mm -hmm. sometimes i have a little less motivation to make those like to do the more difficult thing you right. know because i'm like ah, you know right I, well, I mean when you when you get so into that you know the selfless individual and playing for the person next to you and people are really counting on you then sometimes when when no one else is there yeah. you're just like well maybe we'll do it later yeah yeah and it, it, yeah and it just like manifests in such different ways because then like i also sometimes find myself you know like diving into that you know selfless saving individual type thing like even in my relationship, you know what I mean? And like letting my boundaries um, kind of get trampled sometimes right. because, you know, I want her to feel more comfortable or not have to deal with these awkward moments mm -hmm. and shit, you know, uh, which is ultimately bad. You know, right. you can't, you can't do it either way. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's, I don't know, weird deal. I don't even know what we were talking about here. <laughs> right. Started started to ramble a little bit here on uh Probably you know the 60 minute the 60 minute mindful minute here on the culture report. We just We've been uh, rambling for a smooth 30 minutes. We kept it going, but um you know, we gotta wrap it up here because uh Mike has uh, quite the schedule today as he heads to Ohio to be inducted into the Dublin Kaufman Hall of Fame. But um Again, folks, mental health is a very, you know, real thing for Mike and myself. You know, we think it's very important. We think these conversations are important. And through our journey, experiences, our ups, downs, the good, the bad, the ugly, the generous and the greedy, it's, uh, you know, it's been quite the ride. So we just, you know, we want to share our experiences and hope that they, uh, they help somebody because, you know, someone out there has definitely helped us uh, doing the same. So, Mike, my man, Stash Adams, big smudge. Thank you so much, man. Stash it. Stash it. And we're back, folks, for another week of the traffic report. Here with my man, Dr. B. How we doing? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, dude. Just uh it's been a lovely Thursday. Just actually had a had a little pineapple express downstairs. Took a little little rip off my one hitter just to uh little afternoon buzz if you will so feeling pretty good that's here a little, little light on my toes yeah that's good <laughs> no but uh you know here we are in the traffic report have a couple updates this week uh reed's gonna share you know a couple projects that he's working on as well uh he'll give us a little update on the market you know i know it's been uh not a lot of action going on there but i uh, had a cool uh talk with reed before this so we'll get into that a little bit and that is celebrities in the cannabis industry now with their different weed brands and uh, actually one of those things that brought that up or brought it to my mind was i saw that uh grizz he is a uh, musician just started his own uh you know cannabis company and it's called astro hippie gods and i would love to hear reed's opinion about the astro hippie gods and you know this uh base funkadelic herb yeah i mean it seems like uh, a lot of celebrities are trying to get in and cash in i mean you got a fan base already so um why not get a weed brand or weed weed biz going um yeah is it this is in michigan right yeah yes yeah, so this is yeah, in michigan from, uh, from detroit. Yeah, yeah grizz is from detroit and um i was saying that with a little bit of uh a little bit of sarcasm there just because Reed and myself, we've been uh, we've been taking road trips up to Michigan for 
you know, the better half of a, a decade. And uh, we used to go to uh, Electric Forest a lot, went to Movement Festival a lot. So lots of different genres of music. But, you know, we've seen Grizz live a couple times and yeah. it's not necessarily our favorite. But uh, we went yeah, he, through uh, we went through that. He is uh, what he is. And he's right, got he went through that bass music phase. But no, Grizz, yeah. Grizz is a good time. He puts on a good party. You know, he stands for Mike, you know, Mike Adams definitely is a big fan boy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mike loves Grizz. And I, I don't not like Grizz, but I'm definitely uh that was more of my maybe 24, 25 days. But yeah. uh but yeah, so just some of these names I actually got a kick out of his first three strains, G Funk, Tie-Dye Medusa, and Mr. B.O.G. And as you know, I love me hey. some good OG. I, yeah, I like the uh, strain names. Yep. Yeah, so if everyone wants to check that out, we'll uh you know have some links in the show notes, but so, Reed, I know we talked about this earlier, and that was, you know, celebrities in uh, the cannabis industry, and uh, you had a, a couple uh, opinions about a few. So, why don't you share some of those, and we'll get it going. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I definitely respect it when, you know, you got people that have been advocating for cannabis for a long time, uh, musicians and stuff like that, that uh, end up getting involved. Um, and then I do feel like there's plenty of celebrities that are just trying to cash in on a trend. Um and, you know, that, that bothers me a little bit, uh, but overall, you know, there's a few big names like uh, Be Real from Cypress Hill. He's been involved for a minute. Um, he's got a pretty successful brand out in California. Um, and then, I don't know, Cookies is like a, one, of the, one of the bigger brands with a cult following among smokers. Um, and Burner's like, I don't know, he kind of got more famous from the rapping. He's a rapper, and um, but he, uh, you know, he's got a really big cannabis brand. He's kind of a personality in and of, of himself. Um, and then you got, we are talking about, um, Al Harrington, um, who's got a, a pretty successful brand, uh, called Viola. Um, and he just signed a, I think he partnered with Alan Iverson. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I'm a, I think Alan Iverson is now a partner of his, um, who are some of the other big names we were, we were talking about, well, so there was a couple on here and just to uh, reiterate a little bit of what you were saying. So there's obviously celebrities like we were talking about earlier, maybe some licensing deals, maybe just getting paid for the yeah. name, things like that. And then I think there's some that are very intertwined within this culture or, you know, cannabis was really a big part of their lives. And, uh, you know, I'm not certain, but as I was looking through some of these brands like Melissa Etheridge, for example, you know, I grew up, my mom, you know, loved Melissa Etheridge. We used to go to her concerts, you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She can rip a guitar. But, you know, so she actually had uh, breast cancer. She's a breast cancer survivor. And she used to, uh, you know, use cannabis when she was, you know, going through that chemo, different things. And uh, so I thought it was pretty cool. She has a brand called, um, she's called Etheridge. And she uh, does uh, pre-roll okay. joints. They got morning, afternoon, at night. And the slogan is it's cool to be kind. So keeping it simple. Um, another yeah, one I thought, pretty, um, right. Hazy was that Hazy did a, a photo shoot with her out in LA. Right. Um, my, my friends that have the company out there. Um, yeah, I've always, I love Melissa Etheridge and I would definitely buy weed from her. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, sure. And that's, it's so cool too. I mean, just think about that. Yeah. Like as, as we talk about it, you know, first degree of separation, you to Melissa Etheridge through, you know, your, uh, your friends at Hazy LA. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, just, and that's because of cannabis, man. That's pretty neat. Yeah. yeah and then, um, you know, a big one is w Willie Nelson. Yeah. Um, he's got a, a brand called Willie's Reserve. 
Um, and we're actually going to have a guy on that um, he's kind of an OG in Ohio. Um, and he advocates, he's been advocating for cannabis for a bit. He's, he's worked as a bud tender and then is um, working in like a marketing role, I think, at a company called Buckeye Relief now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have the licensing rights in Ohio to grow Willie's Reserve. Um, so they're the ones that grow it and produce it. So we'll be able to talk to him a little bit about that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Willie Nelson, obviously he's an iconic cannabis figure and, right. uh, I do think he's pretty involved in hit in that company. Um, I think, I think the strains they end up produ- uh, giving out to like a company like Buckeye Relief to grow for them and label. Um, I think he handpicks those, um, and he's pretty involved, which uh, that's pretty sweet. He's always been a, a big advocate for cannabis. Right. I mean, and just right there again, I mean, you got a friend that, you know, is an OG, you know, cannabis guy in, uh, in Ohio, like you're saying, and, you know, he's going to be growing, you know, Willie Nelson's cannabis, you know, legally in Ohio, and we're going to have him on the show. So can't wait for that. Um, you know, another one I wanted to bring up, and this is a, a former Ohio state Buckeye. I played with him when I was at the Detroit Lions, and that's Rob Sims. He, uh, he was an offensive lineman at Ohio state when they won the uh, national championship and uh, him and Calvin Johnson just started a, uh, a cannabis company called Primitive um, in Detroit. So nice. that's sweet. Yeah, I'm really excited to uh, to try some of their uh, product as well. You know, maybe we get a maybe we get a test run. I don't know. I mean, we're friends. Yeah. I mean, I'm in pain, Rob. But no, I hope Rob listens to the show. And uh, if he doesn't, I'm going to send him this episode so he can hear it. Maybe we'll get him on here. But yeah, uh, man, we, I, I love the Michigan market. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, another one, man. So this, this went a little deeper and uh, it's kind of funny how it lined up because, uh, I had his name written down in his company uh, and that's Seth Rogan and the, uh, his company is house plant, you know, looks like some pretty cool branding yeah. and whatnot, but, uh, Reed brought up some good points that I never really thought about, but, uh, you know, made a lot of sense to me. It got me, got me a little fired up. So like, Reed, let me, uh, let me hear those again. Yeah. So, uh, it's kind of revisionist history. But uh, I've kind of looked back on, I, I've, you know, you see Seth Rogen be such a figure in the cannabis community. Um, and I, a couple of years ago, I rewatched um, Pineapple Express, which I think came out around 2007 or so. Um, so it was definitely a very different climate mm-hmm. um, as far as cannabis goes and how people looked at it. Um, but when I was watching it, I was like pretty blown away that every negative stoner stereotype is forefront in that movie it makes pot smokers look horrible um and it just makes them look like fucking idiots that don't have their lives together and all that can do dumb stuff and bad stuff um and in watching it i was i kind of made me really wonder like should he really be looked at as like a a hero in the cannabis community um when he put out i mean this is in other movies of his too he's he just portrays these you know, the typical stoner that's lazy, doesn't take care of himself. Like in Pineapple Express, he's dating a high schooler. He's like, yeah, like 26 <laughs> and he's dating a girl in high school. And yeah, they just right. they make stoners look so bad. Right. He's like, like a, right, so this he's, guy gets to advocate for cannabis now, even though you trash stoners. And yeah. And then you got, uh, uh, what's the other guy's name? Franco. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, he's, he's wearing pajama pants the whole fucking movie. 
Right. And like you a know? weird headband, like make him look yeah. like a, like a hippie that never leaves. Yeah. House. So I don't know, man. I don't, I, I'm kind of torn on how to really feel about Seth Rogen. Definitely a funny guy. Enjoyed a lot of his movies, but right. as far as, you know, being an icon in the cannabis space, does he deserve that? I don't know. Um, but yeah. And then how his company houseplant, he's like actually gotten really into ceramics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so houseplant, I think really all they do now is just make uh you know, like smoking devices and just okay. cool little things around the house. Um, then he did have, he had a partnership with Canopy Growth, um, right. yep. Canadian corporation. Um, but yeah, I don't, I think they parted ways and I don't know if, I think Houseplant might've been his own thing. So I don't really know what they're doing, but. Yeah, I was, uh, when you brought that up though, made me think of in that movie, you know, he, he's kind of got like a deadbeat job, like driving around, serving people. Yeah, uh, which is funny. Like, don't yeah, get me right. wrong. It's funny, but. Right. And the same thing, too, though. Then they're like selling weed to like some 10 year old kids in there. Yeah. 12 year old Yeah, dude, kids. it's all bad. It just right. makes stuff. People that smoke look like fucking idiots. Well, saying that made me think about the movie Knocked Up, where it's like really similar, where he has this his yeah. pregnant girlfriend in his room. There's a. Uh, there's an earthquake and he grabs his bong and then he's sad that yeah. he dropped the bong and all those guys live together. None of them have a job. They're sitting around watching movies, uh, recording each time, like a girl's tit pops out. And yeah. you're just like, when I think, when she brought that up like, and I did thought you about really it, progress, did you really help the debate on whether cannabis should be a part of mainstream society? Right. I don't know, man, when you're like making, making it look that bad. Right. Or like when you see certain movies that try to, you know, attach themselves to like maybe cannabis culture, stoner culture, what have you. And they're smoking, you know, at a $10, like little plastic purple and green bongs and shit. And like, they're not even real. And like, even in pineapple express, it's like, this dude's supposed to be a big weed dealer. He busts out the big shitty $20 plastic bong. I'm like, come on, man. Like what? Yeah. But, uh, you know, and it's, it's hard to, you know, it's, it was a different time, but still it's like, it's a pretty common theme in a lot of his movies right definitely i don't know mate your average person who, who might be in the comedy and you know hasn't been around cannabis a lot is going to leave that thinking all right these stoners are idiots yeah no, you know, I... that's how they act there's like no positive portrayal so yeah, yeah I mean, it's just definitely uh definitely a really cool observation i'm glad you brought it up to you know brought it brought it up to me because you know i definitely see it in movies and stuff and have gotten you know rubbed the wrong way but just to think about how he really has kind of taken over uh as an icon within you know this uh within this space you know i would have to agree i don't know um necessarily if he He deserves that but uh but yeah so um i know it has been a bit of a a dry week but you know grow generation they had a little pop there you know i think they're back down but have uh, yeah. have you really seen anything in the markets this week? Nah, man, it's pretty stagnant right now. Um, kind of hoping we bottomed out, and hopefully things will you know hang around here um, for a minute, and then you know, and the, the fall seems to be like a seems to be a, a time where pot stocks can kind of go on a, a heater. Um, hopefully, hopefully we get some positive news over the next couple of months about a uh, federal legalization um yeah and hopefully you know worst case scenario hopefully we just kind of stay stay at this level and um, if we're waiting until the midterm elections in 2022 for uh, another run maybe that's the case but right. you know um yeah definitely definitely seems pretty uh, calm right now 
Right. And that's, uh, that's about where, where I've been at this week as well. You know, I've been checking in and whatnot, but it hasn't been, uh, hasn't been a lot of activity, but, uh, as far as some of those other stories we were following, like Reed said, we'll continue to keep you updated on federal legalization, any big stories that pop and come out, like how we reported on the true leaf story. But, um, again, like Reed was saying earlier, he's working on a couple projects. One of those is going to be a, a full episode where we're just going to do all on investments, 101, getting involved in the cannabis, uh, in, involved in the cannabis markets and uh, looking at different stocks that we've talked about on some of these episodes before, but really just drilling down into it. And uh, another one will also be on the history of cannabis, uh, really in the United States, pretty much like, you know, brief, broad history, like over a couple thousand years, but then we'll break it down yeah. from, you know, the 1930s to uh, where we're at now. Um, as far as some of these different laws and whatnot and how we got here. But again, Reed, thank you so much. This has been another fun and active traffic report with your man, Jeff Shugarts and Dr. B. Thanks, dude. All right. And as my man, Porky the Pig, once said before the luau, are y'all really going to eat me? Just kidding. That's all, folks. Thanks again for being here with us. I'm your host, Jeff Shugarts, and this is the Stash It or Pass It podcast. One more time for your boy. Remember to check out those show notes. We got some great referral links in there for you. Like I said earlier, the Fold Bitcoin reward app. You spend cash and get free Bitcoin. Cash you are already probably going to spend anyway, so why not spend it and earn free Bitcoin? It's a great tool that link will be in the show notes. Another one on there is the Strike app. It's an awesome Bitcoin tool that is built on the Lightning Network. Another really good one that I enjoy on there is the Voyager app. You spend $100 and you get $25 in free Bitcoin, starting up 25%. Really can't beat it. We're also going to have some great articles in there, some different things we talked about on the show, some stuff we've been following we're going to have our Leafly strains of the week on there as well. And we can't wait to keep this journey going. Please remember, none of this is financial advice. Like I said, we're on a journey and we're sharing this experience, sharing our knowledge and just buckle up and we're all going along for the ride. Stash it.